to the Class X Podcast, a podcast that looks at independent perspectives in American culture. I'm your host, Shukri. Today, I found an article called, um, I was addicted to my smartphone, so I switched to a flip phone for a month. And I, I really like the ideas here because in this, in this debate, you have really two sides. You have the Luddite anti-technology side, and you have people who are often like obsessive and romantic about technology. And I love the topic because the author shares my point of view. She does a good job. Her name is Kashmir Hill. And she talks about the, in the, in the New York Times, she talks about the, the role of striking a balance and how she struggled with it, how she struggled with technology and before and after. And eventually she goes back to the, the iPhone. But the whole point of detaching yourself and trying to be on the flip phone and immersing yourself in an old school way of living, I found appealing. A lot of the things she was mentioning, I remember from the late 90s and early 2000s. When we had flip phones, we didn't really text. Texting was an option, but I mean, it was hard to do. It was very tedious. So you would just call people. And um, something that I, I didn't mention in the in the main podcast is that she, she had to shift to calling people again. And what was funny is that she noticed people just didn't answer. They just didn't talk on the phone anymore. People do not use their phones to talk. And I think we all get it. Most of us just want to text our communication now. But that is a different world, right? We, we, we've lived, many of us have lived through that change. Some of you, the younger listeners, have not. You've just lived in the, 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 the technology is at your fingertips stage of civilization. And so I think it's a, a fascinating issue. And um, it definitely made me reflect on how I want to strike a balance and maybe making one of those pros and cons lists would be helpful. Like, what do I use my phone for? How do I want to engage with my phone? I know for me, I have a good strategy at work where I'm pretty much not using my phone. But for me, it's at home where I struggle. And what do I do with the phone at home is, is key to, uh, to that struggle. And so I'll reflect on that in the podcast. And hopefully this will make you reflect on your uh, use of the smartphone, which you're probably using to listen to this podcast. So don't get rid of it completely, but you know what I mean. So thanks for listening to the Classics Podcast. I appreciate you for uh, listening and sharing it with friends. Please continue to do that. And please leave a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. I'll see you after the music. Welcome to the Class X Podcast, a podcast that looks at independent perspectives in American culture. I'm your host, Shukri. And today, I'm going to talk about an article called, I was addicted to my smartphone, so I switched to a flip phone for a month by Kashmir Hill in the New York Times. And I really enjoyed this author's point of view in the article because her goal was to strike a balance in her life. So she wasn't anti-tech, and, and I like that. I'm not an anti-tech person, and that's this is going to be a theme in this podcast episode. I'm not into the Luddite perspective where it's like, in other words, anti-technology. I don't embrace any new technology. And I'm also not a romantic when it comes to technology. Like uh, ChatGBT comes around and people think it's the best thing ever. I, I'm not into that either. I'm more hesitant, but I like technology at the same time. I use my iPhone for many things. 
And that balance is important to strike. And in this episode, I'm going to be going into different points of view that, you know, one hears when issues like this are discussed. And so I want to kind of just throw that out there at the very beginning. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, especially if you're listening to a podcast, you've probably embraced a smartphone. Statistically, based on what I've looked at for my podcast, most of you are listening to it, if not all of you on an iPhone or a smartphone of some sort. So I think I might be preaching to the choir a little bit with this, but at the same time, it's also important to reflect on some of these ideas. And uh, one other idea that I'm going to bring up is ageism. But in a reverse way, we usually talk about ageism when we think about the elderly. I want to talk about it with young people and what I see as a common thread that's occurring lately in in society. But first, the article. The author is writing a New Year's resolution type of article. She uses her phone five hours a day. The average American, by the way, does so for four. So she's pretty close to the average American on this. And then she just decided to switch probably for the article, to a flip phone called the Orbic Journey. And she flips, she, she switches to the flip phone for a month. And it's an interesting experience to read about. It's not like in depth, but we do get some insights from her. So it's not like a book. You know, there's always these books of, I did this for a year, I did that for a year. That was sort of a trend in, um, in publishing for a while. That's, this is not one of those. It's not long enough, but I think it would be an interesting book if she were to decide to do it for a longer time period. I don't think she could based on what she says in the article later, but uh, I I think it would be interesting. But she she's basically writing about different aspects of how her life changed and also bringing in people who are part of I didn't know this was a term, but the dumb phone movement, which is basically a flip phone. Like she brings in this guy named Jose Bryans, and he also reviews dumb phones on uh, on YouTube. He might be on Twitter also, but he's definitely on YouTube. I watched a little bit of his dumb phone uh, critiques, reviews. He, he, he basically ranks them because there are different levels. The one that she used, the Orbic Journey, was not very good, and she mentions that. But this guy... Jose Browns, he actually uses a uh, a light phone, which look it up. It's kind of like it's it's a phone where you could listen. It's it's limited, but you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to music. It sound it looked kind of interesting. He has his whole system where he's using this light phone and switching from the light phone to the smartphone. And his whole point is because he wants to reduce his iPhone usage. And I get it. I do, I do similar things. But um, I don't know if his style would really fit me, but it definitely fit his his approach to life and how he wants to simplify and slow down his life, which a lot of this is is about. Do you want to slow down your life? Do you want to live a fast-paced life or do you want to kind of live a, a life with less anxiety? I, I think that's what all this is rooted in is anxiety. And um, we can all understand that, right? So I could identify with a lot of the issues he brought up, the, the dumb phone guy, and, and the issues that the author feels when with smartphones in general, I think we all can. But the main problem, and I think this is a really big problem that, you know, it goes with diets as well, since this is a New, Year, New Year's resolution idea. Diets are the same way. TV use, maybe your, you know, your your use of all, si- all types of, smart, of social media, any kind of consumption. What will work for you? And that's always the flaw in, in these articles. So with this writer, 
you know, after using the flip phone for a month, it turns out she went back to her iPhone. So that says a lot, you know, and it makes sense. I think I would have gone back to my iPhone too. And because various issues arise, and I, I want you to think about that. What do you use your iPhone for? I mean, I use it for so many practical things, GPS, banking, just to name a couple things, emails, but you know, a lot of times emails are related to bills I have to pay, especially if it's not on some sort of <clears throat> auto pay. So a lot of practical things in life are accomplished using our phones. And the author brings up, which I thought was interesting, but I think you're going to probably recognize what critique I'm going to bring to this. She brings up a, a young Luddites club. So again, Luddites, like an anti-tech term. Historically, the Luddites were an anti, anti-progress kind of movement. And these young people, 18, 19, they're, they're passionate about you know not using a smartphone. I get it, especially with young people in social media. But I, I, I just thought, Maybe when they get older, they'll see how convenient it makes your life and how so many things are connected in major ways, you know, bills just being one simple idea there, you know. So I'm not a Luddite, as I said before. I'm not anti-tech. I've never been anti-tech. I really like technology, but I am more passionate about the idea of striking a balance in my life. So I have those days, I have those hours, I have those moments, sometimes weeks where I, I, I step back and I say, I've been on this phone too long. I don't like it. And then usually I will adjust, I will adapt naturally, and I will reduce my usage. So I do that, but I also see the positives of the phone. And it's really a struggle we all deal with, but it comes down to balance. It comes down to uh, finding that balance that fits in with accomplishing the practical things in life, but also realizing like, okay, maybe I'm just going down too many rabbit holes when it comes to this to this phone right now. And, and maybe I need to engage with more people and not just look at my phone all the time. So that's that's how I, I view it in, a, in, in many ways. This was a good article for comments because so many people, and I'm sure you're feeling this way, have a lot of comments to make. I noticed that with this specific article, the the people who made comments tended to be probably a little older and anti-technology. So there were a lot of anti-young Americans or young people comments. So I want to go on a little rant about this because I don't think this is getting enough attention, but I'm starting to see this, what I view as ageism against the young often. And it's starting to feel a little annoying and definitely hyperbolic and that's a nice way of talking about it because i think it's ridiculous to be sort of stereotyping a group of young people probably based off a very limited experience that individuals have you know the idea is like they don't know how to converse they don't understand the news or politics they cheat academically they they're they watch too much too many things on their ipad whatever it is you know look I've been around 16 to 18 year olds for 15 years in the public school setting. And this is all pure fiction. Young people are going through the same issues that I went through in the 90s that you may have gone through in the 90s or the 2000s or the 80s or the 70s or the 60s, whatever. You know, it's the same issues. Technology has changed. But it's like me asking myself, did I watch too much basketball or professional wrestling or Nickelodeon when I was a kid? 
yeah, maybe, maybe not. You know, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. Actually, it was not a big deal. But back then, people probably thought MTV was a big deal or whatever was on Nickelodeon was a big deal. Teenagers are not, for the most part, there are some, just like there are some adults who are addicted to phones and to other things in life, but most teenagers are not addicted to their phones. They do use them often. Don't get me wrong. Just like adults, I use mine often. But, you know, they are excellent at conversing, really, really good at conversing. They have not lost their abilities to hold a conversation. And maybe they're just more understanding of the world because they're connected to social media, whether that's politics, um, let's say Black Lives Matter or whatever's going on in the world now. Maybe they're just connected in ways that we're not because they have a different skill set. Maybe they're connected more to the world around them in ways that's going to help make the jobs that they do more um, appealing, more productive, more whatever, right? It will accentuate their experience in many ways. So um, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there because I want—I don't want to like preach too much, but I think I read this a lot, whether it's in actual articles or comments where there is this hyperbolic, exaggerated nature to critiques of teenagers and 20-year-olds and I don't, I don't think it's legitimate, honestly. I, I you know, I, I do. Now back to the article. I appreciate that the author, she struck a balance, and to me, that's key, right? She mentioned having a specific location. This was my favorite advice. So if you're at home, she basically said, have a specific location for your phone. And I thought that was brilliant, like 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 a laptop. You know, you have your laptop at a desk. Put your phone there so you treat it like a laptop. I liked that idea. You could also just put it in your bedroom so you never see it. But I know that I struggle mainly when I'm at home. Because when I'm at work, I've already told myself, this happened about a year and a half ago, I realized that the phone was distracting my teaching. And so I need it sometimes because sometimes the internet will go down and I need to use a hotspot um, or I'll just need to use the phone to look up something really quickly. A student may ask a question I don't know the answer to and my phone is right there. So there are advantages again, but I've made the decision that it's more of an advantage to just have the phone somewhere else where I can't access it. And so I'm happy with that decision. I'm way more productive and way more engaged with the people around me, the students around me, my colleagues because of that. But at home I struggle so the laptop idea or using it as if it's a laptop at home, I like that and um, I'm going to try to apply that for sure. Now, I do want to say for some people, I get why getting rid of the phone completely is helpful. My younger brother actually did this recently and he's very happy with the results and he seems happier in my opinion. He seems like he's a happier guy and he's very open about it. I agree with a lot of his criticisms because he's very critical of what the phone can do to us psychologically. And I agree. I think I think we need to be aware of the what the phone, the capabilities, the influences it has over us. That's important to acknowledge that. And so I totally agree with his views and his critiques. And I've seen it help him to shift to uh, kind of like so he shifted to a flip phone, basically. And so He'd be perfect for this article. I sent it to him, and I hope I hope he read it. Hope he's listening to the podcast. Um, so, but for me, I use the phone for many positive things. 
And, you know, I just, just recently, I cleaned my house while listening to the Saints Happy Hour podcast. So I enjoyed listening to the Saints Mediocrity. You know, my favorite football team, not the best year. But I enjoyed listening to guys, you know, rant about it and have this collective therapeutic experience about why the Saints were so mediocre this year. But I was also able to clean my house because of it. So I like that. You know, that's a podcast. That's a phone helping me do something practical. A few days ago, I cooked dinner and I know my wife was happy about that. But I listened to a podcast while doing that. And it helped me. It energized me in a lot of ways to accomplish the task. So these are just a few more things that I just feel the phone is so essential for. And, you know, I have to say this, though. One more rant. GPS, as someone who's had a delivery job side hustle for probably like a decade now, look, if you're anti-tech, you cannot go on an anti-GPS rant to justify your opinions because GPS is a phenomenal technology. I've used it for so long. It is so good. Maybe it makes mistakes sometimes, but 99.9% of the time it doesn't, even if you're out in the country. So when I was reading comments, I had to jot this down as a note that I wanted to mention on the podcast. If you are a Luddite, if you are anti-technology, Find another argument because GPS criticism is not really gonna gonna really uh, draw in an audience. I just don't think it's it's a legitimate criticism. GPS is amazing, but I do th- want to say this: a little psychology here. This is my opinion psychologically. When people are so anti-technology, where they basically detach themselves completely from men- much of their life. And not just not just for one specific thing, like I'm having a, a iPhone addiction. I need to detach myself. Bigger bigger problems. I just wonder if this is just a general discomfort with change, with time passing by, with just with the passage of time in general. And you know, m- maybe people attach themselves to these luddite principles because of that, because they're just uncomfortable with the passage of time. Just saying, just throwing it out there. Maybe you disagree. That's just a thought I had when I was reading about this because I think we've all known someone who just doesn't seem to be comfortable with any technology. And that's a little different from the norm. So to me, I think it's that striking the balance concept is more appealing because that that fits with the majority of people. And that's my, my final conclusion is that in that I'm going to probably just use the phone as a laptop at home as much as I can. And still try to balance that with the benefits of cooking, cleaning, paying bills, and all those other things. And maybe, maybe I'm fortunate, and I don't know how you are, but I do go on Twitter to look at the news to kind of balance what's on mainstream media with what's on Twitter. But other than that, I'm not really on social media. And so perhaps I'm fortunate because of that, where those those addictions are because of social media. So... Maybe I'm like halfway there due to my inactivity with social media. So I may be fortunate in that sense. And that may, that may cloud a little bit of how I, how I view the subject. So I am aware of that. But appreciate you listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Classics Podcast. 
Thanks for listening. If you think a friend would like this episode or any of the others, please share it with a friend and please leave a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Thank you.